0: Now in their second season, Leadership of the Leaf with more cigar knowledge and more leadership insights. Two great leaders smoking great cigars. Here's our host Austin and Dice.
1: Grab a drink and jump in with a cut and a light. Welcome everyone to another episode of Leadership of the Leaf. My name is Dice. I'm Austin. And Austin, we have a good show for today. We're gonna talk about some cigars, we're gonna talk about some leadership, and we also going to ask
0: you. Ooh, me? You couldn't be. What are you smoking? I am smoking a <laughs> Buffalo 10 Natural. Buffalo. Uh It is a Ecuador Habano wrapper with an Indonesian Sumatra binder, and the filler is Dominican Republic, Nicaraguan, and uh, USA Tobacco. This one is a little bit weird. Um, because it's like a long stick of gum. It's very (laughs) hard pressed. It's well pressed. It's very rectangular in shape. Like there is, I don't even think this is, uh, it's box pressed, but man, like if the edges were any more sharp, I think I'd cut myself, (laughs) but, uh, but it is what it is. Um, so we'll see how this one goes. I'm interested to see, I picked it because of the shape partially because I was like, that's really interesting. um. So we'll see how this goes and i'm pairing that with a hulling station uh straight bourbon whiskey oh yeah all right i like the sound of that mr dice what are you pairing with your hennessy that's <laughs> all what you did there that's exactly <laughs> what you did there
1: uh with my must announce is xo uh, with cavalier uh, I'm gonna mess this name up. Trace De La Quintes. Trace De La Quintes. It's a Maduro. It was released at TPE. Okay. Um, it's very interesting. The band you will love the band. The band is like graffiti colored. I-, I really appreciate it. Their box has the big words of out of control on it. Mm. Um, six five. <laughs> It's a six by fifty-four, I believe. Nice. I really don't have much other information on it, to be honest. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna front. Okay. You're not gonna look it up, I guess.
0: TPE. So it was released just at, recently at this last TPE.
1: Yeah, in February. Yes, sir.
0: Oh, okay. So this is relatively new. So probably people that haven't had a whole lot of time to review this cigar. Uh, at least I'm sure there's not a whole lot out there. No. Okay it's all good. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, So, our cigar topic. Uh, I'm excited for this one because it's, it's interesting. What do you call someone who loves cigars?
1: <laughs> cigar lover?
0: Nah, I'll go first. I call him Austin.
1: <laughs> you win.
0: <laughs> hey, I win? All right, show's over, everyone. Let's go home. We're done. All right.
1: So we call a cigar smoker Austin, huh? That was good. I'm cigar like lover,
0: that. cigar lover. I call yeah. Him Austin. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. a good. One.
1: That was good. I applaud you. Yeah, you got me beat on that. Um, what, what is our
0: leadership portion? Our leadership portion, which I'm even more excited, I think, about my leadership portion. Um, so it's what makes a good communicator.
1: Oh, ah, oh, you got to be a good listener.
0: Uh, yeah, 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 uh, we'll get we'll get into it, you know, okay. all right, good, good leaders got to be good communicators, but we'll get into that one. Um, they also got to
1: smoke good cigars.
0: Boom. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Love it. So, yeah, what do you call someone who who loves cigars, Dex?
1: Wait, yeah, is the there's like three like kind of categories you can put this in and there's probably more, but uh, we've kind of broken down to three and Uh, I guess the original, you would start off with someone that loves cigars, a cigar lover, someone who smokes cigars. There's nothing more added to it, it's just a cigar lover. Um, I mean, by definition, it's someone that indulges in smoking cigars occasionally, a lot, some, little, someone that smokes cigars.
0: Yeah. Um, And we got the cigar aficionado who has a passion for cigars. Uh, and often knows the history of cigars and has a robust understanding of how cigars are made.
1: Yeah, uh, one, I guess once you get past the cigar lover phase, cigar whatever, cigar smoker, cigar lover, however you want to call it, the, the next phase is is how curious are you going to deep dive into that, uh, that passion of smoking a right. cigar? Do you just pick up one and smoke it? Or you, well, oh, you know what? Is this a Maduro? All right. So now you're aficionado.
0: Yeah. And then you start getting into things like, oh, this this has an Ecuadorian binder? Oh, that's interesting. I can taste the difference.
1: Now, you can also uh, move up another level and make a, a lifestyle change of this and become a cigar connoisseur.
0: Somalier.
1: Somalier. I'm glad you said it because I was going to struggle.
0: I know. That's <laughs> why I was trying to help you out.
1: <laughs> this is generally geared towards the hospitality profession. Um... They're the ones that actually get some uh, get some college credits, some little schooling under their belt, spend a little change to get their certification, and they're exceptional service and giving gourmet recommendations for pairing cigars.
0: These are the guys you go to when you go to like a restaurant that like allows you to smoke after your meal. So you know you like, hey, I want the steak. Uh, and this is how I want to cook. I'm like, that's an excellent choice, sir. I recommend this cigar to pair with your steak because the flavor notes are going to complement. And I also recommend this drink to pair with everything, and that'll tie your whole meal together. Those are those guys. That's a, those are the sommeliers, the connoisseurs. Yeah, yeah
1: they, they spend a little spend a little money to get that certification. They, yeah, I, I would say I wouldn't necessarily say an aficionado can't be a connoisseur. But a kind of so they sewer. still have the title, correct? They yeah. may have just the same amount of knowledge, it's just right. you know, putting
0: the title to it. Yeah, they just get that certification. All right, so cigar lovers, let's deep dive. So, usually, these guys are prone to savoring, you know, sitting down at the end of a long work day, lighting up a cigar. Man, that's a slice of heaven. For cigar lovers, right? <laughs> yeah. They, got, they have that ability to enjoy each moment of the experience, and they usually report feeling transported to a different dimension with each subsequent puff of smoke.
1: I, I tried explaining that to someone before because it was like, why? What? So, cigars, you just smoke them? I was like, I hey, oh, taste a fucking I'll,
0: smoke, asshole.
1: <laughs> okay, burr, Bill burr. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, It's like a whole different. Experience like I'm not just sitting out smoking a cigar. I'm sitting down and I'm enjoying
0: a cigar. We've talked about this before, how it has that meditative, mind clearing type thing. We were talking before the show about how the weeks that we've had and just the struggles and stuff. And I I don't even I didn't even get to hear all of your stories, but we you know we both sat there and kind of took a deep breath, went through our our natural uh, progression of smoking cigars and now we're just letting our cares melt away. Yeah. One of these episodes we need to do like a lighting ritual.
1: Not that we have like an extravagant one but just kind of talk our way through it so our listeners can understand our process our process of lighting a cigar because at the beginning before Eric was discussing should you guillotine should you punch. But yeah.
0: we'll save that. We'll save that. I yeah, think this- that would be a good one. This cigar was a uh, topic of conversation because, as most people know, I am a fan of deep V cutting. Uh, almost every cigar that I've, I've smoked, uh, you know, it's, it's torpedo. But uh, this one, I was, I was afraid I was going to crack the wrapper and just destroy the cigar if I deep V cut it. So I went and punched it. <laughs>
1: and it's working out so far, right?
0: It is working out so far. This thing is burning a little bit wonky, though. Oh, wonky. That's a technical term. I'm having, to, I'm having to touch it up quite a bit, so I'm not super thrilled with this. But Are you a
1: Somali-Somalier, sir? No, sir.
0: I have not paid <laughs> any money for that. <laughs> wonky.
1: <laughs> uh, cigar lovers tend to be knowledgeable. A cigar lover often knows the history of cigars and has a robust understanding of what and how and where cigars are made they give a seasoned cigar aficionado a smoke and they may be able to tell you what brand it is and where the tobacco source cigar lovers know their stuff
0: yeah they these guys are the ones who are like now there's a difference between being a cigar lover and being an asshole <laughs> and and just and just Smoking with the band on with the band facing out and making sure you're holding it so that everyone can see the band that you're smoking Those guys are assholes. They're not cigar lovers. They may be but they're also assholes
1: <laughs> I was at an event and the guy was smoking a cigar next to me. I was like, oh man, what you're smoking? And he said the name of it. I didn't really catch it. and I was like, do you always smoke that? And he was like, I only smoke Cubans I was like, okay, buddy Enjoy.
0: Enjoy. Good to know, sir.
1: <laughs> I continued the conversation, but I was like, well, I know what kind of cigar smoker he is. Boom.
0: <laughs> ash. Love it. Love it. Uh, so speaking of being an ash hole, most cigar lovers are respectful of the craft. Oh, they yeah. appreciate the challenges of hard work that are part of the cigar production. You know, they got to regard that premium cigars as works of art and culmination of a group of efforts and sacrifices achieved only through the disciplined education to producing the best cigars in the world. These things go through, what, 300 hands roughly? Roughly, before yeah. Before actually getting to us to smoke. That is a lot a lot of hard work done by people we've never even seen or met and you know, we get to basically set their product on fire. Um, but it's, it's, it's good stuff. Right. And so we, you know, we appreciate all those rollers, um, all the harvesters, everybody who goes out and makes this, this wonderful product.
1: If if you have not, I'm pretty sure you have, but listeners, if you have not Google tobacco leaf seedlings and see where it starts from, and then Google like a field of tobacco and i'm telling you i've seen on instagram i seen rocky patel standing next to a tobacco like yeah. plant like it towered over rocky and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure rocky's average male height unlike me uh, and then the ceiling <laughs> that comes out of like an egg tray it's just amazing how far how advanced how beautiful the leaf looks coming from that seedling it's yeah. worthwhile i can oh, yeah. definitely appreciate it and i respect the craft very much so
0: Absolutely, yeah. No, these, this thing is a, you know, like I said, they're a work of art. And I'm going to light nothing? on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I took a Monet and I lit it on fire so I could inhale the fumes. <laughs> you did what?
1: Mona Lisa. <laughs> so got lovers are finers. The practice of cigar smoking has plenty of opponents, but a true cigar enthusiast will defend the pastime to the bitter end. She will fight for the right to enjoy the comfort and fulfillment of a first rate cigar. And I do that in my household almost on a weekly basis. I was going to say, you and your fire hazard. <laughs> oh. I have a little smoke shed, smoke easy or whatever you want to call it in my backyard and my wife calls it a fire has it almost every single time I come out.
0: So yes, yes, I'm enjoying my fire. She uses it.
1: No, don't say that. (laughs) I hate that I'm out
0: here. (laughs) (laughs) So so you can go away then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, been, I've been asked I've, uh, I've actually sat down after a week that um, was the last little bit of work I was doing and I just decided to do it outside and smoke a cigar and it was just writing up some reports or whatever and people came up to me and like, why are you smoking that don't you don't that blah, blah, blah. and I was like why are you even worrying about what I do I was like don't knock this until you've tried it well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would never smoke a cigar. Well, then that's your fucking loss. More for me. Yeah, that's what I normally say. I'm like, Perfect. I don't have any competition of buying them. <laughs> yeah, less competition. Great. <laughs> you in your first third, sir? I, I am. I am definitely in my first third. the thing is um, it's actually got some flavor to it. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, in, I'm impressed. Um. It's got a spiciness, dry wood, um, it's not super earthy, but it's chewy, Mm. uh, pretzel with some black pepper on it on the back end. Oh, all right. That's what I'm getting. That's, That's what I'm kind of tasting.
1: I have, hey. a, I have a I have an undertone of white pepper. Okay. And I want to like a like almost a fig newton. Ooh. It's definitely fig. Like fig I know flavored. Yeah. They they try I was told that people tried that. This is like one of the first cigars I can actually say, maybe hey, fig.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Interesting.
1: But there's definitely a dusting of white pepper or something there because I can taste it on my palate.
0: Yeah. yeah this is uh for for this stick cost five dollars so i'd classify this in the budget stick arena um for being a budget stick it's actually got a surprising amount of flavor
1: yeah i remember when they came out that was like
0: the word on the street
1: word on the street son
0: yeah let's say pretzel so i just keep getting something along the pretzel line
1: (laughs) Uh, what, uh, any Annie, Annie, what's the place in the mall?
0: Oh, Auntie Annie's?
1: <laughs> yeah. They smell so delicious. I'm not buying them.
0: <sighs> no, they're not as good as Cinnabon. Anyways. <laughs> so a cigar lover usually shares well with others. Uh, you know, you're gonna, if, if you're, if you're not fighting to, to, uh, you know, preserve your craft, so to speak gonna share with other people you're gonna sit there and you know it while you're fighting to say hey i'm gonna defend this pastime." you're gonna say hey why don't you try it why don't you discover the satisfaction of this great cigar why don't you do why don't you try it out and see if you like it you're gonna knock something and not even try it that's ridiculous why don't you give it a shot here i got a i got an extra stick boom here you go yeah let me train you <laughs> let me yeah let me teach you about this <laughs> Make sure that's in there.
1: (laughs) Uh, For all practical purposes, um, there's no other uh, interest more closely linked to Aficionado than cigar smoking. And the main reason for that is we can thank the Cigar Aficionado magazine because that throws the name out there for everyone to see. Was Marvin Schenken is the... uh, Owner or whatever of cigar aficionado publication and because of that that term has become very modern place uh, very prevalent in today's speak so thanks to that magazine is cigar aficionado became like a, almost a household term
0: yeah yeah that's to uh, so see when you said a sommelier i associate that with like wine wine right i used to go i i associate an aficionado as like the top level of being a cigar enthusiast, if you will, right? They're the the bee's knees, so to speak.
1: Correct. Uh, And that's the purpose of why I added the third level in there, because most people think that the sommelier or the the connoisseur sort of is is the one that is uh, like those terms are universal. When they're actually not they're not synonyms of each other uh the aficionado will be actually closer related to the cigar lover because normally the cigar lover or someone that just smokes cigars periodically is going to eventually become aficionado because the becoming an aficionado is the, really the only requirement really the only requirement i think we'll get into that is really time
0: yeah yeah there's no official certification or degree you can get to be an aficionado it's just time and and learning about the cigars um but uh aficionado usually you know you can you can say you're a music aficionado a car aficionado all that but usually aficionado is linked with cigars um so how do you become a cigar lover easy buy a cigar smoke it and (laughs) fall in love they (laughs) know ain't nothing to it (laughs) a
1: cigar lover normally like uh, we indicated before they normally smoke cigars every so often a few times a month, a couple of times a week however there's no set time limit it's just as long as you smoke more than one Mm mhm
0: and I would say yeah as long as you kind of fall in love with that craft um you know you smoke one you're like ah I don't like this but you keep smoking it trying to find other ones you're not really a cigar lover you're just trying to find a hobby
1: how to become a cigar aficionado Well, well, well. Smoking cigars is really appreciating the taste, aroma, recreation that they offer is a key to becoming a cigar aficionado. Uh,
0: Yeah, some usually try to do some synonyms of sommelier and aficionado, but it doesn't work. Um, Usually in the wine industry, there's a very rigorous set of exams requiring years of formal study uh, you must pass to earn the title of sommelier, however you can definitely become an expert on cigars without the official title. Um, And normally this comes with, once you become a lover and you start deep diving into the history, the tastes, the aromas, you start being able to pick out oh, this is a natural, oh, this is a, a Maduro, oh, there's some Sumatra in this, oh, I get the grass notes of a, of a can, um, candela wrapper, oh, I get these, you know, spicy notes from a Nicaraguan Puro, yeah. because the Nicaraguan has that stuff, that sort of stuff, you start becoming a little bit of, a, uh, of, a, of an aficionado.
1: Yeah, when it comes to stuff like that, when you're doing all those types of things and you're trying different types of cigars, different shapes, different shades, all that, what are you doing is you're getting to know and recognize and develop your own preferences. And the thing that I've noticed, because I consider myself aficionado, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I would say I'm aficionado, is uh, other people, when they learn that you are a cigar lover or a cigar aficionado, they start asking you for recommendations. So just like I would talk to my tobacconist whenever I go to like cigar uh, outlets, cigar warehouse and stuff and talk to Roger, uh, I learned from listening to what they have to say and just like a novice that's trying to become a cigar lover, they listen to what we have to say. Not right. only that, like uh, uh, we'll go ahead and do a shameless plug here. Even when you tune into leadership of the leaf, listening to our cigar portion. You, you're becoming a cigar aficionado because not that we're there in your living room giving you advice in person, but you're listening to it and taking our advice into consideration because you know, I will hope everyone knows that we've been smoking cigars for quite some time now and we've learned from the elders and we learned from the experts to only just to pass the same information on.
0: Right. Um, the best thing that you could do is kind of start a cigar journal and log the details about the cigars that you like and the ones that you don't you're going to learn to identify those tasting notes uh, and the origins of those tasting notes as your palate develops. Um, I can tell you, I'm not the greatest when I started at doing the cigar journal. Um, I started and I started trying to make some notes uh, and then I just started getting into it and just smoking quite a few cigars. And, uh, as I, as I kept smoking more and more cigars, I figured out, Oh, I do like Nicaraguan type cigars. Oh, I don't like, you know, um, heavy Maduro with a bunch of, you know, pepper bombs and stuff like that. And, and so, you know, when I go and talk to my tobacconist at, at, anywhere, um, I look, I ask them what's the flavor notes? What does this look, what does this taste like? Um, what's something similar? This is what I've had. Is this similar to something that I've had? And they're like, Oh yeah, no, this is similar to this other cigar. And I'm like, okay, cool. I like that one. So I'll give this one a shot. Um, you know, but really, a cigar journal is going to help you develop those details and develop your palate.
1: Well, uh, another thing with cigar aficionados over time, because everything is is about time, you learn the process of cigar etiquette. You learn the do's and the don'ts and the what's frowned upon, what's not frowned upon. It, even though there's no wrong way really to smoke a cigar, but there's, there tend to be like different, uh, I guess, unwritten rules of the game that uh, most cigar smokers tend to follow so over time you'll start picking these up especially if you visit uh, cigar lounges and the more you talk to uh, elder cigar smokers you'll learn how to properly cut how to properly light even uh, different techniques of how to hold cigars because i hold actually a box press slightly different than i would a non-box press cigar not that it's extremely different but the way it sits in my hand it's going to fit a little different because my hand is round and not box-shaped, so it makes sense.
0: Right. Yeah, um, you know, you learn to avoid some of those amateur mistakes, like, you know, inhaling a cigar, uh, smoking a dried-out cigar, or smashing your cigar in the ashtray when it's done, and releasing all that ash and smoke and, and all that nastiness and just stinking up the place. Um, <laughs> you know, we've we've done shows on, on... I think one of our first shows was... Uh, you know do's and don'ts of smoking in a lounge. Yeah,
1: I think we need to revisit that for our uh, newer newer listeners.
0: I would agree. Yeah, we can we can do that. Um, but you get you know, and then you branch out, right? We said this before. Branch out, smoke different cigars from different brands, from different regions. Um, you know, I I don't know how many times people are like, all right. Yeah, I only smoke Cubans. Why? <laughs> yeah. Why? I I enjoy a good Dominican Republic uh, DR cigar. Dominican Republic. I I enjoy a great Nicaraguan cigar or a Honduran cigar. Those are tasty to me i think san andreas is like the craze right now or mexican
1: but they changed it from mexican to san andreas because mexican had like a negative connotation behind it for some reason and san andreas i'm sorry to be a spoiler alert to a lot of people out there is
0: is mexican the same thing (laughs) you know why i think they did that why i think mexican has a negative connotation i think because most things made in mexico are cheap nova (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And so I think, I, you know, like no disrespect to anybody out there, but Tecate is one of the worst beers ever, <laughs> <laughs> but it's made in Mexico and that's what Mexican, you know what I mean? So it has this negative, almost racist kind of undertones to it. But then they're like, Hey, it's San Andreas. Oh yeah. That's, Oh, it's so much different. It's so great. This is amazing. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. stop I need to pick thing. up
1: pick up a 19 was it 1911
0: 19 yeah the Mexican girl uh,
1: yes that was a wonderful cigar
0: yeah so you yeah, know go out there try different regions um
1: when you say try it makes me think like the the guy that comes to your table that's offering wine to you or whatever that he's not a somali yet. he just works there and he's tried one or two or whatever so you want to take his advice to whatever level you want but if you go to a much fancier restaurant that has a wine sommelier that comes to your table of course you're gonna listen to that person a little more because you feel he has the expertise and everything Mm -hmm. that goes uh, attached with it so you will listen to that person more a cigar aficionado is almost on the same level uh of course you don't want to listen to a cigar aficionado that's only been smoking for a year maybe two that's more of a cigar lover stage but someone that has been smoking for over 20 years of course you're going to take their advice you want to listen to them. You want to broaden your palate with what they have to say.
0: Right. Um, I, I, I liken it to, you know, if, if, you're, if you're at a job, you know, let's say you're in marketing, right? right. And, you know, you got a person who's a marketing per, uh, person who's only been working in the marketing area for two years, give you some advice. You're like, oh, ah, okay, that might work. And then somebody who's been working 10 years, you'd be like, all right, well, you know, you know a thing or two because you've seen a thing or two right you know so you're like all right I'm, I'm gonna listen to you a little bit more um yeah. it could be the exact same advice exact yeah. same advice but it's coming from two different knowledge bases <laughs>
1: uh, it just makes me think of the, like the old ass mechanic go ask jim jim knows jim i heard the engine make this knock noise is this i don't think that's it, Jim. it is this change it <laughs> okay And you're you change it and you'd be like, damn, Jim, you know, everything. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I've had that happen to me. I was, when I was coming up, um, I, I, you know, I, I worked as an engine mechanic and I was like, Hey, I think it's this part, but i would only been working like maybe two and a half years. And there, and my, my leader's like, nah, there's no way it's that part. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I think it's that part. And then he's like, nah, there's no way. And I'm like, all right. He's like, let's change everything else first. And finally I was like, look, man. We could change. We're about to change a huge part of which this one component is a part of. Can we just change this and see if it works? Fine. I was like, I'm just saying if it, if it works, then we save ourselves about eight hours worth of work and only spend 30 minutes changing out this one part. Just saying fine, (laughs) fine. And guess what? It worked, but you don't want to listen to me because I'd only been working for two years. Mm. You know, but if you had come up and said the same thing, I'm like, nah, it's this part. He'd be like, Right, oh, you think so? All right, let's give it a shot. <laughs> right. Like, the, Fuck. Oh, to have a young face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cigar aficionados, they aren't intimidated by the details. They're usually, they're always curious and want to learn more. But what I want to know, Dice, how does one become a cigar sommelier?
1: Oof that requires one step one become a cigar lover step two become a cigar aficionado step three figure out what professional institute training that you want to join so you can learn about gourmet pairing uh, and just overall just have an organization of training and certifying of sommeliers and management service pairing and understanding of cigars
0: like the International hey. Association of Cigar Sommeliers.
1: Yeah, that's not a perfect one. That's a perfect place to start. Hey, <laughs> but to me, it just adds another level of geek or nerd to being a cigar aficionado.
0: Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, education is not the only is. is only the starting point, right? Nobody becomes an expert after just, Hey, I took, I took a class in this, so I know what I'm talking about. Look at your college graduates who have to come in and, you know, intern or whatever else, right? They took some classes. Doesn't, doesn't mean they know how (laughs) anything works. What's the, what's the, What's important is to acquire the methodology and the notions so as to use the appropriate terminology, avoid misconceptions, which are very easy traps to fall into, given the complex nature of cigar and the wide varieties in the market. Right? Difference. Tell me the difference between a Maduro and an Oscuro. Oh, one is much darker than the other. What Much else? darker.
1: The way that they are made is slightly different. An Oscuro Bur- has
0: more time on the, okay yeah but, but you see what i'm saying like right but, you know you can take the class and know that but then if somebody comes up it's like no i want to know what the di- real difference is what's the tasting notes How do, what's the pairing notes what's this what's that you may not know because you haven't smoked enough oscaros or you may not have smoked enough maduros so what really matters is the practice the practice the practice <laughs> I mean, that's what we talk about yeah, we talk about practice. We talk about practice. Okay, just making sure we talk about practice. Yeah, you got to <laughs> practice and tasting, and then advising the customers, and you ought to have a lot of eagerness to learn. Um, usually, the cost is about two hundred seventy-five dollars and up. Uh, you know, but different schools are different price points.
1: Right, which I, I I looked into it for myself. I will admit that I was like, oh, I'm 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 interested that'd be kind of cool. I got a cigar podcast. I can say I'm a cigar sommelier. And then I, I got to looking at the criteria and all that. You know what? I don't want to take the fun out of smoking these cigars. And I feel like that might be the, the step I don't want to take. Maybe I will in the future. But as of right now, I, I like the fact of being a cigar aficionado. I like being able to use my dice dummy turns when I'm talking to someone about it instead of trying to I don't know, sound uppity saying, you know, a Maduro is this uh, and no, a takes five point three years to like I don't care about that shit. I just wanna enjoy the scuro.
0: Right. Right. Now some people some people want that, you know, they want to know um, all that geeky, nerdy stuff, and that's great. Um, but not everybody wants that.
1: Yeah, I'm just afraid it's gonna ruin my aficionado status of being a cigar lover if I was to actually get down to the nuts and bolts of becoming a sommelier
0: there's something to be said about um you know if if you have a real passion and just make this passion your job right there's a passion because I don't have to do this as my job and there's something to be said about you know do I want to make this my job and really potentially take the passion out of it when I do it day in, day out, day in, day out, um, you gotta have a real love, love for the craft. I agree.
1: I agree, sir. So going through those, would you, which, which category? You definitely say you fit the aficionado, correct?
0: Uh, yeah, I'd say I'd fit the aficionado. Um, obviously, I, I, you know, I, I, there's no way I, I've smoked enough cigars. By any means, um, I haven't I haven't smoked a good, I, don't know, I wouldn't even say I've smoked 50% of the cigars that are available. Um, but, uh, you know, I, you just keep working on it, keep buying stuff. I figured out, you know, certain wrappers I like, certain blends that I like, you know, I know what to look for in a cigar, you know, I can kind of judge, you know, hey, is this well humidified? Is it not? Is it dry? I can diagnose people's problems. People have come to me and asked me, hey, I'm having this issue with my humidor, or hey, I'm having this issue with my, when I light up a cigar, what do you think the problem is? Uh, and I tell them, like, hey, this is what I think your problem is. And, you know, nine times out of 10, they're like, yeah, you were right, man. That's, it's crazy. How'd you even know that? I'm like, cause I've been there and I've done that, man. Like, yeah. I- <laughs> I've had a cigar just last yeah i didn't want just like that
1: this is a right
0: boo this cigar
1: boo wait no it's my fault boo,
0: boo that man boo <laughs> but uh yeah and so you know it i as far as becoming a small ea, i don't know that i'd ever really want to become a small ea unless i really was gonna get into um the food and cigar industry um that's where i think that or 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 the drink and cigar industry i feel like a sommelier would have to be a certain level of establishment much more than just hey i run a cigar shop or i run a cigar lounge
1: i agree with you on that um like i said maybe maybe one day just not today
0: yeah uh you in your second third
1: i am a 100 percent in my second third what you got and the the fig Fig and plum is definitely, uh, I don't want to say sweet, but it definitely has that sweet taste to it. But it's compromised by the white pepper that's there. Hmm. By all means, this is a wonderful cigar. I should have paired it with something a little lighter than XO, but that's fine. That's fine. I'll get another and I will pair, I, I think it will actually pair better with
0: Hennessy Black. Ooh. Okay. That'd be interesting. Um, yeah, i the, the creaminess that I had earlier has kind of gone away and now it's just earth. And then still that slight peppery back end. again, I am, uh, I am amazed that this is coming from a $5 cigar.
1: That's good
0: absolutely amazed that these these flavor notes are coming from a five dollar cigar i will say that the the it's a shorter finish than i expected from an earthy peppery cigar
1: well normally the budget sticks have a longer finish so i'm i'm impressed that you you're saying it doesn't have a long
0: finish no not a lot of palate trauma not a lot of uh, uh not a super long finish well now that you say that i don't have a long finish either so that's good Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, all right, we will take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, we will get into our leadership topic of what makes a good communicator.
1: I'm listening (laughs) when we come back. All right. Hey everyone. Um, Thanks for listening to Leadership of the Leaf. I'm just uh, letting you know if you want to see what kind of cigars that myself, Dice
0: and Austin,
1: what we're smoking on each episode, check out our Instagram on leadership of the leaf. All one word
0: at leadership of the leaf. And please leave us a comment. Send us a message with whatever questions or what you guys are smoking on. Maybe you guys have some suggestions for us that we'd love to give it a shot. At Leadership of the lead on Instagram.
1: Hola, mi gente. I'm Wanda Hernandez. I'm CEO of Six and Stones Productions. And we are here with Dyson Austin, and you are listening to Leadership of the League.
0: And welcome back to Leadership of the Leaf, uh, where we were just talking about the different levels of cigar um, lovers. So you got the cigar lover, the cigar aficionado, and then of course the sommelier, which requires you to pay. But now I wanna know, what makes a good communicator dice?
1: Oh, I, I mean, just while looking at the notes, I'm gonna say a good communicator is someone that listens and provide uh, appropriate feedback. Okay. And I say appropriate feedback because I know you've been there and I've been there. The wife is talking to you and you're like, uh huh. Uh huh. Well, yep, I agree. And then she's like, what are you talking about?
0: Oh. The, uh, what, well, I was agreeing same, with whatever you were saying. Yes,
1: yeah, same thing you were talking about.
0: I, I wasn't saying anything you should agree to. I was saying that, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, I agree that, that that person shouldn't have done what they did yeah or your kid
1: is just rambling on and on about blues Clues or some pokemon or some bullshit and you're like oh uh, <laughs> yeah uh-huh. yeah cool yeah yeah pokemon whatever yeah
0: so that's right. why i said that. all right so effective communicators uh usually they have open and honest communication active listening skills they are aware of their tone deliver news both good and bad with empathy and they listen and hear there's the key to what the other person is saying
1: now i will say everything you just read i use currently in my position right now it's important that i listen to what people have to say it's important that i communicate with empathy as my response and it's important that are delivered the news appropriately to where they are going to be empathetic to certain needs or I
0: don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, opus, open and honest communication is a cornerstone of any relationship. That's personal, professional, whatever. Right. You know, no one's going to listen to a liar. Um, and if you don't communicate at all, or you're a, you know, Hey, I'm a person, a few words. So, you know, you walk up to a mic and your all your workers are there waiting for your, your direction. You're like, let's get it done. And you walk off, they're going to be like, get what done? What do you want done? I don't understand. Yeah. It's hard to deliver your vision. Um, so it's just, it's one of those things. You know, they found, uh, MIT did a study. They found teams that had an unbalanced energy uh, and participation levels. Usually between introverts and extroverts don't perform as well as teams that have a balanced and high levels of energy and engagement. So usually if you have more extroverts than introverts, your extroverts are going to continue to talk over your introverts, and they're going to kind of end up inadvertently, whether they mean to or not, exclude those introverts from the team.
1: There's a a point you made earlier where it's like no one is going to listen to a liar. I, I agree with that point to a certain extent because I want to listen to that liar. I want to hear what he is or she, because we woke, he or she is going to actually lie about because uh you know this. I've worked with many people before. I already know the answer before I ask the question. Mm-hmm. I am only asking the question to see if you are going to lie. And that way, my friend, is where I'm going to find out if you're going to be a pawn on my chessboard or you're going to be one of the more intricate pieces of a knight or a rook.
0: Right. Yeah. Um and and then if you're if you're a boss who continually says, hey guys, this is what we're going to do, and then you don't follow through, people are going to lose faith in you. If you're a team leader and you say, hey, I'm going to Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for working hard over this weekend. I'm going to make sure everybody gets a little bit extra time off this next week because of all the hard work. And then you come back and you go, hey, I wasn't able to make it happen this week. I'm going to do it again next. You know, I'm going to get you guys on next week and next week and next. Nobody's after a while. Ain't nobody going to be worrying what you're saying. You're just burning people out at that point.
1: That's where that song. You better call Tyrone comes out because ain't nobody listening. I heard it all before, I heard it all before, yeah, call Tyrone, because I'm not listening to you anymore. He lied to me way too many times, broken promises, empty wishes, however you want to word that. That's how that boils down to.
0: Yeah, you got to strike that balance between listening and talking. And most people, uh, when they become leaders, newer leaders, I had this problem. I like to, I, I i want to explain everything into the nth degree and make sure there's no room for error, but I had a big, I had a hard time listening to what my people were trying to tell me because I, I was just too busy explaining what I needed and they were trying to tell me, hey, it can't be done and here's the reasons why, but I was like, I don't want to hear that, I just want to tell you what needs to be done and then off I go.
1: Well, I, I see that with, uh, don't disrespect to any of the young leaders out there, but I see that with a lot of leaders that do not pay attention to where the rubber meets the road. Uh, they lose sight of that purpose because maybe they've been away from it for so long or they didn't have enough time there to begin with. Is that's when they start labeling things as excuses. And, you know, I'm where the rubber meets the road. It's not an excuse. you're not listening to the words that I'm using you just want to hear what you want to hear and now you're making this big fuffle over nothing when all you did if you just listened to what I said to begin with we would have moved on from this project
0: what hours ago yeah exactly Um, and you got to use a little bit of self-awareness to figure out what your pattern is you know it takes a little while for you to go hey I talk a lot hmm I wonder if I'm missing out on stuff that my team is trying to tell me because they either, they don't want to speak up because I'm just, I fill the air with emptiness. Um, you know, people don't like to have silence. I don't mind silence. So I will sit there and I'll put out my stuff. Hey, what problems do we have? Go. And then I just sit back and I'll just sit there and stare at people. And then people get uncomfortable and they go, well, this is a problem. Like, oh, I had no idea that was a problem. I write that down. What do you need from me to make this happen? Oh well, actually, if you could talk to to talk to the sales team, then the sales team could could fill out their expense reports, and then I can go about my day and do this thing and better. Boom, got it done. What else? I yeah. just sit there in silence again. But but if you're and I find I find this again with young leaders and no disrespect, it happens with older leaders too. But I find it more with younger leaders. They are when uncomfortable silences come up, they feel the need to just talk and try to, hey guys, no, I'm seriously on your side. You guys got to tell me what's wrong. Blah blah blah. You're not letting people even break in because they're you're just filling the silence.
1: Yeah, uh, they often feel they have to fill that void with some kind of rhetoric information redundancy whatever uh, definitely redundancy you get the eye roll you like. You don't want to really deal with all, all that I, I do know that a lot of times when you're listening uh, you need to leave your judgments and your bias at home and we mentioned that before by holding your first reaction like, Yeah. because uh, you don't want to make judgment too hasty too soon you want to hear the whole message first,
0: right? Just because somebody you don't like brought up an idea, does not mean that it's automatically a bad idea. You know, yeah. everybody has the, the favorites on their team. Everyone has yeah. the people that they don't like on their team. Just because a person on, that you don't like on a team, hey boss, what about this? You could be yeah. like, ah, oh, shut the fuck up! You're an idiot. And they're like, actually, wait, no, that does make sense. Um, you know, so you gotta you gotta leave that bias at home you got to leave that judgment at home don't don't sit there yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you know kind of cut them down they they have something to contribute i guarantee it um uh and it actually has been found studies have shown that uh technology is dumbing down our social skills and reducing our capacity for empathy because it's hard to feel empathetic with either a voice on a computer or even a person on a screen right so if you're if you're Uh, you know you're in an office that uses um, Microsoft Teams or Zoom meetings or something like that a lot and somebody's telling you why they can't get X, Y, or Z done you're less likely to be empathetic towards that person because you're not you don't see them face to face you don't hear the struggle you don't get all the nonverbal cues you don't get all of that stuff over Zoom or Teams or whatever it is
1: uh, I read an article. I can't remember where it was. Whatever. I read an article where it was saying that the like the twenty year old males around that that young twenty age males is the highest level of virginity that we've had for a very long time. And it's just because of that same study that you was uh, referencing. It's because of like the, I don't know all the dating apps. Forgive me, but like Tinder and whatever. Uh, slide in my DMs. I'm I'm hip. Whatever these kids are doing nowadays, they're not having that social interaction to where they actually physically are going on an actual date with. They are only thumbing out messages to someone else on the other end. They don't really know who they're really thumbing it out to that. I'm assuming they're hoping it's a girl or whatever their preference is, but it's just going to the wayside because they're not actually interacting physically, socially. They are only interacting through technology. And yeah. it is uh, stalemating the the whole sexual movement of that age group of mainly as males. They didn't really say females. It was mainly focused on males, and mm-hmm. is is sadness due to that because of technology is now taking that away. Now I know in my younger days we used to call them like internet thugs and they big tough guys. And yeah, I keyboard know warriors yeah and i know you play video games and stuff so i yeah. know you've been you talk to these these kids on there like oh fuck you and your mom up and all the like really you would my mom yeah. and myself will come to your house at 8 p.m please please fuck us up like you said you was going to and of course some kid is going to answer the door and be like i'm sorry
0: because the, now they, they, they see the you in person
1: if they answer the door at all or their mom or something after the door, like what is going on here like, however it is, this, it's because everyone is hiding behind this facade of technology and yeah. I'm off my soapbox now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there's a there's a Brad, Brad Paisley song. I know you don't listen to country, but it's, it's called Online. And he talks about how he's so much cooler online um, cause he's, he's five foot six and weighs 200 pounds or 300 pounds or something like that. But when he logs in, he's six foot five, got a six pack abs and knows <laughs> black belt and karate and all this shit. And it's like, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it cracks me up every time I see it. But, um, the best way to combat this is to go speak to the person. It drives me nuts. I have people in my office today. I had people in my office today, literally two desks over Message me on uh like an instant messenger and i i just leaned back and i was like hey here's the answer and they're like oh thanks i was like why would you not just literally you can lean back hey hey austin i got a question all right yeah sure what's up like you just you really messaged me like are you that busy and i looked at their screen they were looking at fucking reddit <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dude, seriously? Like, oh, just it drives me nuts because he was, uh, oh, okay, sort of thing. I'm like, man, communicate with me face to face. This this will help me develop empathy with you because I can read your nonverbal cues a lot easier. I can see your eye movement. I can hear your tone a lot clearer. I can see your body language a lot better. Uh, I can do all of these things that help you get your message across to me as to whatever the importance of this thing you're asking or this question that you're asking me is
1: it it leads me to the the key and peel skit where they're texting Mm. each other about going out to the bar (laughs) or whatever
0: that shit cracks me up it's fine Fine, whatever fine whatever
1: yeah one is like irate with the responses and the other one is like whatever nonchalant cool empathetic however you want to say it and it's just it's it's great it's a wonderful analogy of exactly what we're talking about for us communication wise because yeah. if I'm in a sour mood and you was to text me something and I'm in a like I'm just a shitty mood for whatever reason I'm not going to read your text with a happy voice in my head I'm going to read it with an annoyance voice like what sm- are we smoking what the night you want to fucking smoke when tonight are you serious right now don't you know what I went through today and then yeah whatever like, hey yeah cool bro whenever you're ready just hit me up
0: yeah yeah, I, I get that with what? my wife a lot. Yeah, because she'll she'll text me something, and I'm and like she'll text me like three texts in a row about the same thing. And I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> and she's like, oh no, I was just I was just letting you know that this was going on. And I'm like, three texts? In, seriously? Like fuck? And she's <laughs> like, no, was, did you read the message? I'm like, yes. And she's like, okay, well it's not a big deal. And I'm like, well obviously it is because you sent three fucking text messages about it. Yeah, there's times where
1: I will call and I, I would read the text in whatever tone or whatever mood or feeling I'm in, and the wife's like, nah, that's not what I'm in at all. Right. Oh, all right, cool. Let's conversate about this. We're on the right. phone now. I know it's not face-to-face, but it's better communication. I can get a tone. I can, I can, yeah, I can tell by your tone that either A, you're pissy, or B, it's just like whatever.
0: Yeah, I was just <laughs> teaching my son about this actually today because he was he was yelling at the dog um he's like hey come here and my dog skittered away and i was like buddy you gotta stop and he's like what i all i wanted was for him to come here i said yeah i said but there's a difference between come here and hey come here i was <laughs> like i said do you hear the difference i said if you if i told you get over here come here i said would you come to me? He's like, probably not. I said, okay. I said, versus, I say, come here. You'd be like, oh, okay. What do you want, dad? I was like, does that, I was like, does that make sense? He's like, oh yeah, that, that, okay. And I was like, all right, cool. But it's, it's the, just a simple thing as a tone can make a world of difference. Correct. So, you know, you got to develop that empathy. Um, And if you really want to become a good communicator, Realize that just cause you're the VP, you're the president, you're the COO, you're the CEO, you can be the president of the United States of America for all I care. Just because you have a position or title does not mean that I'm going to be engaged in what you're talking about. You have to know your audience to be able to keep them engaged. Your position and your title means absolute shit to me after 20 minutes. That's about my my attention span. You got a longer one I, than me for something I care about. And that's me giving like really trying to be out of respect.
1: Yeah, making eye contact is helpful in the conversation to cue to other members that you are actively engaged. Um, you know, good communicators are mindful of body language. Um, I find myself doing it a lot, especially when I'm talking to a a group. You want to check out their facial expressions. You want to make eye contact. You want to check out their body language. Uh, I do know if you're having a conversation with one-on-one with someone, and you're like, hey, can I speak to you for a minute? Look at their feet. If their feet is pointed away from you, they're really like, uh, they're going to, yeah, yeah, whatever. just so they can get away from you. Their feet is pointed towards you. That means they're actively listening to what you have to say and they're taking it on board. yeah pro tip
0: yep yep uh and and that is also helpful if you guys have a a longer conversation if somebody starts kind of turning their body away from you um that signals that they want the conversation to be done they're 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 over the conversation whatever it is you're you're not getting through to them anymore um (laughs) For those of you who can't see, dice is uh, uh, turning away from me as saying this conversation's over. Oh, um, oh, oh, hey, Austin. Awesome. Hey, hey, Flint. <laughs> um, yeah, it, you know all of these things, and and be mindful of your own body language and facial expression. If you got a resting bitch face or resting dick face <laughs> or whatever, like resting face that you have, be mindful of that. If you're trying to tell somebody, good job. It might help to have a smile on your face instead of good job. <laughs> everybody heard that I did not have a smile on my face when I said that what? everybody was like, Ooh, huh. he what? was not happy.
1: Was well, that a good job? Or are you yeah. just, are you just saying that?
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> are you just saying that just to pay me lip service. Um, so you also, and you also got to be aware of that tone that comes out of your mouth. Your facial expression changes your tone. Try it, try it in the mirror. Put on, a, put on a frown and say good job to yourself. Then put on a smile and say good job to yourself. I get, you will hear the difference, you'll be like, oh my gosh, that is a ridiculous difference in tone.
1: Yeah, that's an old customer service uh, a technique is when you're talking on a phone, talk with a smile because it conveys uh, a more happier tone over the phone yeah. when you're smiling. Yeah, so that that's scientifically proven. You can do the studies if you want, or you can take my word for it. My yeah. advice is to take my word for it.
0: Yeah. Just cause you're saying like, you know, congratulations, good job, whatever it 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 just cause you say that, um, how you say that is more important than what you say. Nine times out of 10. Correct. It's It's been proven because I've done this with dice myself. I have said to somebody, I've given them the advice and I've said word for word exactly um, a, a statement. And then they kind of look at me and they're like, uh, okay. And then Dice will say the exact same thing in a slightly different tone, exact same words. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 got it. Yeah, okay, cool, got it. I'm like, this motherfucker.
1: Uh, well, what can I say? You know, people
0: love me. Except for this guy.
1: Ah be clear on what you say when you say when you use like flowery language language it tends to be muddy you know it it tends to not convey your message in the conversation as much as if you you speak with assertiveness
0: or intelligence there's a okay so there's a line between speaking with intelligence and trying to show off how smart you are i was watching True. a master i was watching a master class with george w bush right And he was, he said, I had CIA briefers who would come in and they brief him on a situation and they would use this opportunity to try to show how intelligent they were to the president of the United States. And he goes, stop, tell me what you're trying to say, because I don't understand it. He goes, everybody else in the room doesn't understand this either. Tell me what you're trying to say without all this jargon and flowery language. Just get to the point. And they would come out and they're like, well, Mr. President, boom. And he's like. That I understood. Got it. Okay. Now, what are we doing about it? And they try to do the flowery language again. He goes, stop. Try again. And he would just break these CIA people. and, And he's like, I don't care about how intelligent you are. I know you're intelligent. That's why I have you in this position. Tell me what you're trying to say.
1: Yeah. I've been... I have three different ways of of saying things and you've you've been privy to it. I can use the the technical jargon straight from the textbook. I can tell you in common language and then my famous dice dummy terms. Majority of everyone that I speak or have talked to, they prefer the dice dummy terms. And then after they get the dice dummy terms, that's when I go up a level and speak the, the common language to man that everyone generally understands. I like, like ninth grade level intelligence here. As Dodge Dummy terms is more of an elementary level. And then of course you can go to the college level where I'm using a textbook verbatim, which no one really cares to listen to unless they are also
0: a textbook verbatim kind of guy. Right. And that's where coming that's where knowing your audience comes into play. Boom. Because if you don't know your audience and you don't know what they prefer. You could use the textbook, and they're like, "I don't understand what the," and they'll walk away, and like, "I didn't understand a motherfucking thing that dude said." But if you use dice dummy terms, and they and they they're really a textbook person, they could be like, "That motherfucker thinks I'm an idiot." Yeah. And it's like, no, I didn't. I'm not saying that you're an idiot. I'm just, I don't know what your level is, and so I like, I try to, I always use dice dummy terms but then i kind of i usually try to preface it i'm not trying to insult your intelligence but let me explain this let me break it down barney style and boom and then they're like okay and i'm like does that make sense to you because i always ask does that make sense because if i don't ask i found that people will just walk away and they'll do something they'll do what they're gonna do anyways and i'm like that's not what i wanted at all well i didn't really understand what you said so i just kind of did my own thing like motherfucker
1: I try to communicate as clear as possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, your last point here, I really, really, uh, really like it. Uh, reason why is you got to choose the right time for the conversation, and there's just times where you see someone and you you ready to rip them or you ready to tell them everything sideways to Sunday or whatever and then you had no idea that they just had a definite family or they're going through something different or yep. or they've actually already accomplished what you're about to approach them about I've done that the egg is now on my face I yeah. should have conversated before I started going in
0: yep yeah I've done that before I've tried to give I've tried to talk shit to somebody um, and uh, I was like <laughs> they were leaving work early and I was like who the fuck told you you could leave work early You, I was like you are not allowed to leave work early who the fuck and they're like oh no I'm leaving work because I, I, my grandma just died I'm like ah fuck
1: yeah uh, my
0: bad my bad uh, do you need anything are you okay do you need anything and I was like you know I apologize and everything and they were good but you know you gotta be careful um you know I have I have a note here don't ask the boss for a raise right after a big account fell through you ain't getting it <laughs> hey boss, I know we just lost this uh this big account, but uh you think I could have a raise? A motherfuck- no! B- no! <laughs> Fuck hey, out of my just, office.
1: Lucky you just got a
0: job! <laughs> yeah. Motherfuck <laughs> shit. No! Yeah, I, I find that all the time. There's there's a right time. There's even a psychologist um, term that people use and it's called decision fatigue. And hmm. people throughout the day right everybody has to make a decision do i have coffee do i not do i you know do i comb my hair to the left do i comb my hair to the right so we we get in we we go throughout our day right by the end of the day we are fatigued from making decisions um and and that usually ends up uh you know this is this is why people are so tired at the end of the day they don't want to cook because they don't want to decide what to cook so they They're just like, I'm going to go to fucking Mickey D's And I'm just going to give me a Triple Whopper with cheese and large fry And soda, because fucking I don't give a shit anymore Because you're so tired From making decisions throughout the day Yeah, I know the job I had Before that, I ran into that a lot I come home and my
1: wife would be like We need to decide Uh, You know what I have made decisions all day long Yeah I get it, you've been in the house all day I understand, I empathize I'm not making another motherfucking decision other than what cigar I'm going to smoke and what Hennessy is going to my glass.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah, I do <laughs> that to, to my wife
1: all the time. And that's normally what's in arm's reach because at that point, I just want the cigar and I just want the contact. I, 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 I just don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm good. I The two byproducts I want are right here. Yeah. Boom. These two are perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah. Drink, my... drink,
1: drink, smoke, smoke, smoke
0: ah <laughs> yeah my wife's done that before where i walk through the door and she starts laying all stuff on me and then i just kind of like i look at her and i go i i appreciate what you're trying to do and i understand that there's a lot of problems and i just tell her flat out i don't have the mental capacity to make these decisions right now i am so fatigued from work and this that, and the other and she, oh and normally and she's gotten we've gotten a lot better through communications and talks and stuff and I'm like when I tell you I don't have the mental capacity I don't I don't don't ask me (laughs) shit don't ask me what I want for dinner because if I say whatever I legitimately mean I'll probably eat whatever you fucking put in front of my face it could be Alpo I don't care (laughs) at this point just fucking do something a lot of times I do not have the tone is definitely not in the right place (laughs) right and that's usually because you're tired you don't have the energy to to put on the happy face you don't have the energy to do all this stuff so choose that right time for a conversation um i also had to get on my wife for this because my wife would like to have these big long conversations right at bedtime like we're going to bed and then like (laughs) we i would get in bed and i would crawl in bed i'd lay my head on the pillow and she'd roll over and go what do you think And i'm like stop nope this is bedtime this is this is my downtime. I am not <laughs> about to rant back up. Fuck off with that shit. Write it down. Text it to yourself and talk to me about it in the morning. <sighs> okay. I'm like, does this decision need does this have any bearing on the next set like, you know, nine to <laughs> ten hours? No? All right, then I don't give a shit.
1: <laughs> it's called pillow talk, sir. Fuck. Pillow off. Talk. I ain't fucking pillow talk.
0: <laughs> uh fuck off with that shit i drove me nuts because she would just do that all the time she's a night owl and and that's fine i i can flip between night owl and morning person um but you know when i wake up at 5 a.m and i'm going to bed at 9 10 nine ten p.m or whatever and she wants to talk till 11 i'll fuck you right right the fuck out of here i don't care anymore (laughs)
1: Well, I'm gonna smoke some more before we can discuss our final third. Well, as you relight, I guess I can talk about my final third. Uh, I'm not sure how many times you relit your cigar, but my final oh, third. Too uh, many. <laughs> what, I, what I hate to mention about this cigar because I want it to be great. I want it to be, I absolutely want it to be great. I love Cavalier cigars. Uh, Destinate, Cavalier, whole nine. Okay, enough spinning there the cigar was pretty much one note throughout the whole process figs, plums, that general area of uh, fruits and there's always been a white pepper undertone with it I would blame it on the Hennessy but it's definitely not the Hennessy making this a one note cigar, it is still a great cigar, but in my opinion it's only one note, my final third is the same as the first and second third and that's how I'm leaving it
0: mmm that's unfortunate Um, this cigar has actually been really flavorful. I wish, and I don't know, I I didn't get two of them. So let me me preface this. I wish I didn't have as many burn problems as I did. It is a budget stick, but I wish I didn't have as many burn problems. But the the flavor of the cigar is really good. Like I would expect this flavor out of like a $10 cigar. Um, there is uh, it's the there's still pepper and earth, but there's a creaminess creeping in. Um, yeah, it's it's earthy kind of pepper, but then there, there's just a, a creamy, um, a creamy undertone kind of in there. Uh, I'd put on like. I almost taste like something like amber, like maybe a cognac or a, uh, uh, or, or like maple syrup or something like that.
1: Oh yeah. Maybe I should pick one up for uh, just a regular VS.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I've done research on this cigar and people are like, oh yeah, I had no problems. Burn was great. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and maybe it would have been better if I wasn't speaking so much, but I've just had nothing but burn problems with this cigar and it's really pissing me off. And and the burn line is uh like super thick.
1: Oh. Yeah, maybe
0: maybe get another one and let it rest longer. I'm I'm not sure. Maybe. But I mean you can see. Oh yeah, that is that's pretty that, good. that burn line's thick. Um but it's it's not a bad cigar. The flavors are there for a budget stick i'd absolutely pick another one of these up i would probably say i'd pick up a five pack of these i don't think they're box worthy but a five pack i wouldn't be upset if i had a five pack
1: oh i didn't say for mine uh I i would agree well i'm not smoking your cigar but i agree with the same sentiment of five pack i wouldn't buy a box of these because it's really one note it'd be a great cigar to grab every now and again uh, I wouldn't say it's a one hitter quitter because I wouldn't buy one or two. I would definitely pick up a five pack uh, for me. I did get this from uh, Sebastian at TPE. The, this is the what they released. So he was handing these out. I did grab it from him. I, I do appreciate it. It is a good stick. Uh, definitely five pack. Probably is to get a box, I wouldn't be upset. But if I'm paying my money for it, it's a five pack all day.
0: Uh, yeah. If you bought a box, it'd have to be at a, like a good price.
1: Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm gonna get that box, but now nah, it's definitely a five pack worthy stick for me.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm down with that. Um, so yeah, talked about uh, you know, cigar lovers, cigar aficionado, cigar sommelier, how to become each, uh, and the differences between, and uh, we had a great conversation and communication, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, just enjoyed. Enjoyed this whole thing about how to how to be a good conversationalist how to be a good communicator Uh, and as leaders, I think that's one of the biggest things that people tend to overlook Um, is communication skills Uh, you know, i'm not a public speaker. What does it fucking matter? It matters. It really does. Yeah, it does
1: Uh, it's important. So whoever you're you're speaking to is going to feed off of whatever however you communicate uh, down from your, your children to even a uh, president of a corporation or a company of something, how do you speak to someone is going to pay dividends in the, in the long run. So proper communication. I, I don't think we can stress that enough. If you listen to our podcast over and over and over, communication actually comes up quite often. So that just tells you the importance of communication to begin with.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, until next time I'm Austin and I'm going to stay dice. And remember, great leaders smoke great cigars. That's a true story. Until next time.
1: Thank you for listening to Leadership of the Leaf. The comments and opinions expressed by the host and guests does not reflect the opinions of those that broadcast this show, nor does it reflect any of our affiliates.